again long time no see uh man so many things i need to debrief on and i don't want this to to go long but i have a lot to say uh so hi greetings i hope all is well with you uh nice to meet you if this is your first time first time here uh structure let's start with that so today i think what may be best is to just lead up front with the structure won't be normal and also an apology for being gone so long, but I'm trying to make uh podcasts work, doctoral program, life, fundraising. I'm trying to make all of it work in a, in a pandemonium, which means pandemic. I'm trying to make all that fit at the same time. So forgive me for the inconsistency, but one day I'll just be able to do the podcast live every week at the same time and i think that day may come sooner than you think um maybe live maybe not because you know cancellation you might live is a a a beast of its own so working on that um but structure for today um i'll just say up front we're talking about kanye kanye donda and uh a timeline of trauma. Uh, I, I've known for several months, I need to do an episode on Kanye, but more stuff kept happening. Uh, and then it hit me, you know, release this episode or do this episode around the time that his album comes out. And as you know, the album has been delayed for about a month now. But here we are. Donda is out. And I just recently found out that he's saying that it was against his will. Uh, Universal released it without his approval. So, so it's just, you know, interesting, interesting situation. Um, so yeah, timeline of trauma, Kanye West, uh, I've been wanting to do this for a while and I want it to be very methodical in how I do it. Very understanding and sensitive in my approach, but also present some hard truth, which is pretty much me all the time. But I want to be very careful with this because I do think when it comes to mental illness, uh, there's a level to which you can be forward thinking and recognize the issues that are there when someone may have a mental illness. But there's also a level to which you can stigmatize them and not see them outside of their mental illness. So I want to be able to strike a balance where we're taking this seriously, but also not putting someone in a box where they can't make any type of move without you attributing it to their mental illness. However, there are some mental illnesses where more often than not, if the action seems a bit off, you can know that that is most likely their mental illness playing itself out. For those that don't know, Kanye West has a bipolar disorder and he's admitted to having it and then said he didn't have it and then admitted to having it again. And then there was that, that 
EP or album cover where it was like something along the lines of he said, uh, I loved having bipolar disorder. It sucks. Or I hate having bipolar disorder. I love it or something like that. And so, you know, we, we know that. Um, but I don't think that the culture is taking it seriously enough. And I get it. Most of us probably are not very informed on what bipolar disorder looks like or what that entails or how it plays out. But I hope to educate the community a bit as it relates to bipolar disorder generally, but also as it relates to Kanye and understanding some of his behaviors and how we can best support him and people like him, because there are a lot of other people, celebrities in music that I'll get to later, who also have bipolar disorder, but we don't, um, we don't talk about it as much. And that may be for the best, because I do think we have a culture where if it was discussed more, it would stigmatize the people severely. But I think we're toward the other extreme where we write all of it off and have no consideration for the impacts of these these mental health issues and disorders. So timeline of trauma, Kanye West, Donda album. I'm not actually doing like an album review of each song. I have started listening to it and I was shuffling some Kanye stuff on my my Apple Music. And then that song he has with Carrie Hilson came on, Knock You Down. So now that's stuck in my head. I, I can't stop thinking about dessert or disaster. You know, that's just, that's stuck in my head. And I really want to perform the song for you right now, but that's not what I'm here for. So just know that that's really where my heart is, not the Knock You Down song. But um, yeah, I've heard, I think the first four or five songs on the album in order. And, um, you know, yeah. Um, so, uh, so normally the new structure, as I announced in the last episode will be the current topics that are going on in the media, the listener question, and then a catered topic that I choose specifically for the day. Um, this Kanye stuff is going to dominate the majority of this episode. So look at the Kanye stuff. I'm coming at it from multiple angles. So it'll be the current topic as he just released the album but it'll also be the cater topic so all of this is going to be about kanye uh as far as the questions i have a question and then i'm going to dedicate the rest of the episode to the kanye stuff um so i'm going to jump into the question and then uh jump into the kanye stuff but i do want to also announce um i normally don't record with hats on because I'm a waves guy, you know, and I like to let them be seen, but I am waiting up until closer to an event to get my hair cut so that it's fresh because it's an in-person event. They're going to have the 4K cameras there. and I want to put my best foot forward. So I'm delaying a haircut um, until closer to the event this week. I want to tell you about that event. So the Jew 3 Project is hosting an event called Courageous Conversations. It's their third year doing this, and I'll be moderating one of the many panels at this event and the title of the panel is actually called truth and trauma and we're bringing in some counselors some uh pastors and other folks and i'll be moderating the conversation around truth and trauma and what we're delving into is how traumatic experiences affect how someone sees truth um and that's something i think we don't realize happens we just say this is my truth this is the truth but we don't know or we don't make the connection on how 
our trauma is informing what we define as truth and how we see it and how we interpret it and how we parse it. So that I'm looking forward to that conversation. Uh, the conference itself, because of COVID restrictions, is already at capacity for in-person, but you can register to attend the conference virtually and tune in to one of, I believe, six or seven conversations that uh, are, are relevant. Um, you can register virtually, I believe, at Jude3project.org, not com. See, let me make sure. Hold on. Sorry. I got to make sure I get everything right. Yeah. Org. See, I, I had it. You know, it's Jude3project.org. Um, you check on there, and I'm sure you can find access to the uh, to the conference. Let me be more specific. So you go to Jew3project.org, and um, well, actually, I don't have any. Oh, you click events. Uh, there you go. And then click events, and then boom. Jew3project.org menu, click events. It'll redirect you to the stuff for courageous conversations. Um, so, yeah, that's why I have a hat on long way to say that's why i have a hat on but it's also a way to promote the event but still seem relatable you know i could have this a little tighter but it's on the way um it's on the way the question <laughs> and then we'll get into the kanye stuff the question and this one was deep too i was like man um all right i'm gonna try my best uh the question how do you help black men identify and heal from their sexual trauma um well there's a lot there so i want to tackle it from a few different angles when we're talking about sexual trauma one let's look at sexual trauma in youth uh, one of our tweets of the day on the whole brother mission instagram page was talking about how a lot of young black boys were manipulated into thinking that an older woman preying on them when they were a child, uh, statutorily raping them, was a badge of honor. We've manipulated black boys to think that that was cool. So I would say, one, the sexual trauma from youth, I think, is something that we need to look into more deeply and definitely not wear that as a badge of honor because it is rape just as much for boys if you reverse the roles if it was done to a girl and i hate that unfortunately we have a situation where we only seem to take that seriously when it's a man nasty man doing it to a girl but if it's in a quote on attractive woman doing it to a young boy and if he liked it you know we just kind of overlook it but you know these are innocent children that adults shouldn't be touching period boy or girl um so one i think Black men have a lot of sexual trauma that we don't identify as sexual trauma. We just look at it as boys will be boys or men being men. So one is uh, identifying your trauma as trauma rather than a badge of honor. So if you were um, touched at a young age by a man or a woman, I think that's a traumatic experience and should be explored in therapy to understand how it impacted you. Uh whether you know it or not, this is how I've seen it play out. Um, just sharing my observations. Uh, being sexually assaulted as a child 
I've seen it result more often than not in that person being very promiscuous. So much so to the point where they're kind of reckless with their sexual behavior, where they're putting themselves in danger. Um, that's how I've seen it play out. I've also seen it play out as being very uh, funny or skeptical around sex, even in a safe space. So the assumption oftentimes is that men just always want to have sex 24-7 and they don't have any type of uh, barrier keeping them from that. But there are some men who have been sexually assaulted who in a relationship may be slow to be sexually active because of some unresolved issues as it relates to that sexual abuse. So I think we identify it by uh, looking at that abuse as a child as abuse and not a badge of honor. But also, um, I know the, the person asking the question may not have been thinking about it from this angle, but I think something else we got to deal with is uh, in terms of black men and, and sexual trauma is this angle that you may not have been considering, but it's this angle of how we may cause sexual trauma for other people, mainly black men, because of their sexuality. So I, I wrote about this in the book and I said it recently on a panel for Howard University, but um, I can speak for myself, but I know this is common in many environments, is that we were raised in environments that the culture of today would label as homophobic um, and not very open to specifically men being gay and we come from communities where a father may abandon his son for being gay, a mom may abandon her son for being gay, or a friend group may not associate with a friend anymore when they find out that he's, he's gay. Um, that's just the way it's been. And I know that our culture today is a lot more progressive sexually, but that doesn't mean that we can ignore the fact that many were raised to be anti-gay for a variety of reasons. I'm not gonna get into the reasons, uh, that's another conversation. But I'm bringing this up to say that that is a level of sexual trauma, I would say, as well, where there's trauma around your sexuality because of how society will respond to you. And that's why uh, the idea of DL men exists. That's why um, there are men that want to try certain things sexually and they're hiding them, all because in our community, there's this stigma around that specifically for men. Um, women have a freedom to explore and some may even start off straight experiment with women and then come back to being straight and then being an openly or a straight relationship. And no one thinks anything of it. Women have that freedom to do that. I think of, um, sorry, uh, I think of, I had a, uh, what are those things called? LaCroix carbonated water. So, sorry. Uh, so I think of love and hip hop. You have, uh, there was Erica Mena and Sin Santana, two women who were in a lesbian relationship on love and hip hop. Sin Santana, they broke up and then Sin Santana went and got with Joe Budden and now has a child with Joe Budden. And Erica Mena went and got with Safari and now has a child with Safari. And now both couples are broken up. Um, those women just, transition from gay to straight or whatever 
and it there it wasn't much of a conversation. But because of how we were trained in terms of how we view sexuality, black men don't have that freedom. So if a black man was in that type of situation, a gay relationship, and then wanted to just decide to be with a woman and move forward, I don't think it would be received the same, specifically in, in hip-hop as well. Um, so this is a much broader conversation that I'm getting toward, but I do think you get the point of uh, we do have some things to work through there in terms of how we treat people. And I'm not get, trying to force anyone to compromise on their morals based on religious views or anything like that. But there is some inconsistency in how we treat gay black men. And I do think that creates a level of sexual trauma surrounding sexuality. Um, <clears throat> and even some additional trauma where they may be forced into hiding. Um, and that opens up the door for some levels of, of abuse. Um, so I think one, childhood sexual abuse, uh, sexual identity uh, is something we need to discuss and deal with. Um, but all in all, I can't think of every hypothetical situation. So what I would recommend is contacting us, wholebrothermission.com, uh, click the Get Help tab, and you can reach out uh, to be connected with a therapist in your area uh, to unpack some of these things and see if you do have some sexual trauma or something along those lines. So I think that's the best place to start the conversation. And speaking to black men, I would say um, be open to that because sexual trauma comes in a lot of different forms. So it may not be that somebody raped you as a child, but it comes in a lot of different forms. So that's what I, w what I would recommend. So... That's my, my thoughts on that. Wish I could talk more about it, but we got to get to this uh, Kanye stuff. And if, if you if you sent that question in and you hear me answering it, um, and you need more, you know, follow up with us through text or uh, DM on the um, on the Instagram page. If you have a question that you'd like to ask and have it answered for a future episode, the number you can text your questions to is three two three. Nine 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 two zero six eight. That's three two three nine 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 two zero six eight. All right. Now this Kanye stuff. Uh, a timeline of trauma. I feel like this conversation is necessary because the issue is that we don't consider the mental state of the celebrities that are producing content that we love. We just want more content from them. But as a mental health, as a leader of a mental health organization, I always, uh, for black men, I always want to consider the mental health of all celebrities, but specifically black men, which is why I felt the need to jump in on this conversation from this angle. Uh, we know it has been made public that Kanye has bipolar disorder. But I found the people that are seeing the things he does clearly are not familiar with how bipolar disorder works. And I think if someone understood how bipolar disorder works, then they would perceive Kanye's actions a bit differently. I'm at a point now where personally, because I am familiar, I'm worried about him. And it seems as if though the last thing he needs is a microphone, more attention. Uh, it seems like, um, he needs to fall back for a bit. 
uh, and be and be in contact with uh, a psychiatrist. Um, and that's not to be rude or to shame him. That's just because I understand the severity of bipolar disorder and I see it playing out in his actions that folks on Twitter may just think are him being entertaining or him being Kanye. So here's what I'm talking about. And then I'll go back through the timeline that got us here. Uh, to understand bipolar disorder, you need to understand it as, uh, and I'm going to put this in layman's terms. So if you're a clinical person, a psychologist or psychiatrist watching, please don't jump on me for not being as technical as you would like. I'm explaining this for the common person. Uh, think of uh, two extremes. There's depressive, the depressive extreme, and there's the mania or the manic extreme. And people that are bipolar tend to either be dealing with one or the other or no symptoms at all. And that's when they are seemingly themselves or normal. Uh, so the depressive is, I'm sure you're familiar with depression, low mood. Sometimes the extreme version of this is uh, suicidal, sad, lack of appetite, laying in bed all day. I just want to sleep. I don't want to be bothered. Not returning texts. Um, that's how that'll look. Um, I know many of us will point out that, oh, I'm just an introverted person, but sometimes we misdiagnose introversion when it really is social isolation due to depression. Just, I don't want to talk to nobody. It's not because you're beefing with people. It's just because I'm in a mental state where I just need to disconnect because I'm not well. I'm not feeling hopeful. I'm immense sadness. Uh, the DSM-5, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders, I think I said that right, uh, would describe uh, you, you to, to diagnose with someone with depression, they would have to have those as symptoms of a, a lowered mood for at least two weeks. And that's when the conversation about, okay, this looks like depression. And there's many different types of depression, but that's kind of what we're looking at. Um, but the other side of bipolar disorder is mania. So sometimes people are uh, depressed, but then there's other times where they fall into a manic episode. And manic is being wired, high energy, laser focused on various tasks or a task so focused on getting it done to the point where you're you can't be pulled away um a heightened sense of self can even be perceived as arrogance uh delusions of grandeur thinking uh of grandiose activities or accomplishments to the point where it's a bit over the top uh, or even seeing yourself in an extreme way um We've had two guests on the podcast before. Shout out to Ryan and Steven, black men who both have uh, bipolar disorder. Steven shared with me that in one of his manic episodes, he wrote a book because he was so wired. He couldn't sleep and he was up for several hours and he wrote a book, uh, a whole book. And it was because his mind just got so focused on a task and a topic that he just was like, oh, I got to write this book. And that happened. And Ryan shared that in his more 
depressive episodes, there definitely are some some thoughts of of suicide and uh, impatience um, with people because he wants to be disconnected. But also in mania, he 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 shared that he could be a bit irritable. Um, so I encourage you to look into it a bit deeper. I'm giving you an overview for the sake of time, but specifically as it relates to Kanye. I can say confidently and anyone who may be a psychologist, psychiatrist, counselor, therapist, mentally inf- mental illness informed person. Uh, for those of, the, of us that are familiar with bipolar disorder. It's clear that at least over the past maybe two, three years, some of the antics Kanye has partaken in are looking like a very extreme version of mania um and i can trace this back to several years from when he started uh identifying himself with or as walt disney um and i know many of us thought oh he's just talking his shit you know kanye's cocky i don't know though um it definitely is looking like has looked like over the years, a heightened view of self. And that has been the awkwardness with Kanye, where it's like, unless you're a fan of his, you kind of go along with it. But for those of us who don't, you know, who think his music's okay, but we're not, you know, blown away by it. It's kind of like, why are you speaking of yourself this way? And I don't think we can have the conversation about Kanye and take bipolar disorder out of it because it's a very real thing that dehabilitates a lot of people. And if you look at the present present day um, with his in process divorce, uh, I'm aware that most marriages with a bipolar bipolar spouse end in divorce. So even going into this, when I became aware of his bipolar disorder, my immediate thought was, hmm, I wonder how Kim is managing that, because it's not something that people can typically put up with and it's not that that's a person's a bad person but their illness can wear and tear on them and their partner and their children it is very hard to maintain a relationship with someone with bipolar disorder specifically if they refuse to take their medication uh so i think these are things to consider as it relates to kanye so now that we have an understanding of what what bipolar disorder looks like i think we need to look back at certain things because i don't know how long he's had it but it just makes you wonder if some of these behaviors are just him being cocky and being himself or the illness playing itself out. And uh, let's go through the timeline. So the, the furthest back memory that I have of, of Kanye is uh, through the wire. Um car accident traumatic experience physical pain he put words to it made a hot song you know i was a kid when that came out all right so we got car accident um signed to rockefeller uh and then i remember he was standing there with i believe michael mike myers and it was George Bush don't like black people. And it was seem, it was a random outburst. But because most of us 
uh, look at as black people look at Republicans or Bush sideways, it was like, yeah, he probably don't like black people. So we with you, Kanye. But it was kind of a random outburst. Um, makes you wonder. Uh, so we got George Bush don't like black people. And then we have <laughs> Taylor Swift's accepting an award and Kanye jumps in and says, I'm going to let you finish, but Beyonce had the best album of the year. Beyonce's grateful, but also feels like this is awkward because you're, you know, so, so, so that happened. Um, there was this back and forth about Kanye talking about Taylor on a track and if she approved him calling her, I think, a B on the track and that miscommunication between Taylor Swift, Kanye, and Kim. Uh, you know, he, he married Kim. There was that. He married Kim. And I remember one of the first things he said was, my girl got the biggest ass in the game. That was <laughs> his declaration shortly after marrying Kim. Uh, we can't forget his mom passed. And I have to be honest, even before finding out Kanye had bipolar disorder, I feel like from my position, I've watched him decline. Ever since his mom died, he has been on a decline. With his public interviews and his outbursts, it's just been like, oh, wow. And I feel like because I'm not a super fan, I'm able to look at this in an unbiased way. I don't have any issue with him. I actually wouldn't be talking about Kanye if he didn't have bipolar disorder and I wasn't dealing in the mental health field. That's the only reason this connection is made. Otherwise, I don't pay attention to Kanye. But the I'm looking back and I'm like, wow, okay. He has seemingly been on a decline ever since his mom passed. And it makes complete sense. Uh, there was the beef with Jay-Z. Um, Jay-Z didn't, didn't come to the wedding. Uh, he began to speak about Jay-Z publicly. Um, what else was there? I think he was low-key for a while. Uh, there was some beefs, rap beefs he had. Uh, he was caught up in the Pusha T and Drake thing. And then you have the Trump stuff. The Trump stuff where he meets with Trump and he's kissing his butt and bootlicking and just I'm so so enamored by Donald Trump, apparently, um, and then wondered why people were looking at him funny. And he was back and forth on that. And he was going super hard for Trump, wearing the hat. He randomly just started going really hard for Donald Trump. And then one day he said, you know, guys, I'm just going to fall back from politics. And it's like, well, why did you do all that to begin with? Um, you didn't have to do that. And then he ran for president. And at one of the campaign stops, he, what? It was some girl that recorded him, and he got mad at the girl, and he starts crying about potentially aborting his child, and there was that whole thing. And clearly that campaign was thrown together. It was a to me, seeming like a manic, I want to run for president. Just like my guest told me about, well, I want to write a book. It was, it definitely looked like just a manic, impulsive decision 
And because he's rich, he actually kind of got it a little bit off the ground. Um, so the, the, the danger with Kanye is he has unlimited access and resources. So when he has his manic episodes, it looks the way it does. Um, extreme. Um, more than the average person. Um, and then more, more recently, it was the back and forth with this album. Now, some can just attribute it to him being a creative and never feeling that the project is ready. But again, there are so many things that I could point to that I think we need to consider as it relates to his mental health. Uh, I remember talking to someone on Twitter. I forgot what Kanye had done at the time, but I was saying, you know, if you're familiar with bipolar disorder, you might look at his actions a bit differently. And the guy was like, well, Kanye said he doesn't have that. For anybody that knows, it's very common for bipolar people to say, oh, yeah, I don't have that, even though they know they have it. They may decide they don't want to live under that stigma, so they may just say, I don't have bipolar anymore. Um, so that's bipolar one-on-one, basically. They always say they don't have it. Um, so, I, I mean, but I think uninformed, an uninformed person would take it at face value. Well, Kanye said he's not bipolar anymore. Okay. Um, I think even Kim talked about you can't make someone get help that doesn't want to get help. And I promise you, for those that don't know, those words ring so true and deep for someone that is in a close relationship with someone that is bipolar. Um, so I think I wanted to paint a bigger picture of this because... Kanye in particular has done so many things that I think have soiled his reputation and made people sour on, on him over the years. And I believe some of it may be due to him being in a more manic or depressive episode, but onlookers just think he's tripping. But I do think that may play a part in some of his antics. I would say that he is the celebrity with bipolar disorder who has damaged his reputation the most. There are some other people that have bipolar disorder who you probably don't know. And I think it's because they may be more rigid about their medication and they have people around them as safeguards so that they don't do something. Mariah Carey, from my understanding, has bipolar disorder. But when black people talk about Mariah Carey, all we know is a long time ago she had a mental breakdown, but she seemed, she seemed good ever since. It was some relationship she was in. She had a mental breakdown. And now that's, that's how black people talk about her. But now, and in more recent history, her mental health doesn't come up. And I think it's because she has the people around her to help her out as she's navigating through this. Uh, I also read that Chris Brown may have bipolar disorder as well. And while he is constantly tied to the abuse situation with Rihanna and maybe some outbursts with his mom, he still has been managed to be kept behind the scenes and not do anything publicly uh, as much. He, he, he's under wraps a little more. Kanye, in the past, definitely the past three years, there's always something he's getting tied up in, something he's saying that's damaging or offending or creating a firestorm. Uh, so I think these are things to consider specifically because I have seen the life cycle 
of our celebrities. They come from nothing. They come from humble beginnings. Their talent makes them famous and rich. And we keep pushing them for more and for more and for more. Until they break. Whether that's an emotional or mental breakdown. Whether that's dependence on drugs that lead to an overdose. Whether that's just exhaustion from always being on tour. Whether that's overexposure to the public to where they lose it because they don't feel like they have control of their lives. Um, We keep pushing these people to produce for us when they're clearly not well. Something that stands out to me specifically is uh, Charlemagne, the God, had a public event he was going to do with Kanye. I believe this was before COVID. He was going to have a public event where he sat down and talked to Kanye. And I think it was in the middle of all the stuff Kanye was doing where everyone was mad at him. And Charlemagne was going to sit down and talk to him. But Charlemagne made the call to cancel the event because he said he talked on the phone with Kanye and he could tell something was not right with him. And I believe he was alluding to he wasn't well mentally. So Charlemagne made the executive decision that you're not even in any, st- in any state to sit down and talk to me in public. You're not good. And that's someone who I would say is more familiar with mental health issues than the average person. Um, So a lot of this is speculation. I'm not his doctor. Right. But I do think, again, people that are more informed are looking at Kanye from a different lens. And we're not just looking at this as this creative genius is finally sharing his art with us. Uh, There's a timeline of trauma, a timeline of outbursts and. Uh, drama that I think in many cases can either be tied to a depressed or manic episode. Uh, And again, he ran for president amidst the divorce. You know, it's just, if that's not clear mania, then what is just, laser focused on doing stuff. And, and and once again, having been in contact with several people, it's always like you just trying to do stuff and do stuff and do stuff, but you clearly have some issues to deal with and you staying busy, got this new target goal. But those that care about the person is like, yo, you got to chill out. Hold on a second. You have so many other things to be dealing with, but again, who runs for president amidst a divorce and throws together a campaign at the last minute after being a hardcore Trump supporter? Why not just endorse and support him? I mean, a lot of it doesn't add up mentally, logically. And again, it points us back to these are the erratic behaviors of a bipolar person. So I don't want you to look at people about polar disorder as they're all bad. I don't want you to look at Kanye as a bad person. I want you to be informed on the signs and consider his diagnosis in light of his behaviors. Um, Because I think, and I think this needs to be added to the dialogue because we mental health awareness comes by way of us recognizing where it is playing out in our current news cycle. And we're talking about Kanye and been talking about him for a while, 
But every time I see the conversations, no one's considering his diagnosis. And either we're pretending it's not there or we're just ill-informed. So I'm saying this needs to be a part of the conversation because this is how we normalize it and how we break the stigma is how we is having regular conversations about how it's playing out in our day to day lives and how do we deal with people with mental health issues in our personal lives, but also the people that we look up to. I know so many people that love Kanye just based off of his music. Never met him a day in their life, but they probably will give him the shirt off their back because they love his music. And that's fine. But what happens when that person begins to decline mentally? How do you respond to that? Well, in your personal life, how do you deal with someone with bipolar disorder? Do you just ignore it and expect them to function at normal capacity? Because I can tell you now, the majority of marriages with a bipolar spouse end in divorce. Uh, there are allowances and relationships with a bipolar spouse. There are allowances made for cheating because there's an understanding that the bipolar spouse may go into a mental place where they make impulsive decisions where they're not functioning at full capacity mentally. These are very real things for people that deal with this in a marriage space. So what do you do when it's your friend, boyfriend, girlfriend, sister, brother, parent, child? I think these are things to consider that mental health issues are not just something we throw out there for the sake of throwing it out there but they actually affect people's cognitive abilities and their decision-making and their behavior. It's a part of it. So I just think that needs to be injected into the conversation as we're discussing Kanye. Uh, again, for me, it seems like several manic episodes, the moments where you were getting on him and talking trash to about him and to him, whether it be for politics or something else. I personally think, those probably were more manic episodes where he was just out here wired on a specific task or accomplishment or goal. But being rich and famous doesn't make the symptoms of bipolar disorder any less severe. So just because he's rich and famous doesn't mean we should overlook a person who may be suffering or may be crying out for help in an indirect way. Um, so I want to encourage you to think through things in that lens, because that's how we break the stigma is talking about it more rather than brushing it under the rug, because that's more convenient for us. So just some things to chew on, some things to consider. I'm going to continue listening to the Donda album. I think I'm only four or five tracks in my goal is to finish it. I think it's like 26 or 27 tracks. Uh, and this is not a knock on Kanye as a person. This is once again, Let's take serious stuff seriously. And bipolar disorder is serious. I encourage you to look into it more. If you want to start with just some beginner stuff to familiarize yourself with it, I encourage you to check out Dr. Tracy Marks on YouTube. Uh, search for her and bipolar disorder. And she breaks it down in layman's terms. She's a psychiatrist that breaks it down for people Um that want to familiarize themselves with it. Um, check out Polar Warriors on YouTube as well. That's a guy with living with bipolar disorder explaining how it has affected his relationships over time. So these are just some things to consider to to find uh, set us up for a 
a, a conversation, a necessary conversation. Um, Kanye fans, please don't kill me. Um, you can enjoy his music, but also please acknowledge his humanity. And his humanity includes his diagnosis. So thank you for joining me. This has been another episode of The Whole. Oh, man, just messed it up. This has been another episode of The Whole Brother Mission Podcast. Thank you for joining me.